Hello there, and welcome to the second episode of The Month in VC, our new regular podcast on all things venture capital in Africa. Each month, we take you through all the recent goings-on from the world of VC on the continent, introduce you to investors, and dig into key themes and trends from the industry. We'll be doing that alongside key partners, who will be lending their expertise to help us better understand the growing African venture capital space. Many thanks to Catapult Africa, Kalon Venture Partners, and Halai Sani Capital for making this series possible. We hope you enjoyed the second episode of this new series. And as ever, if you have any suggestions for topics or want to get involved yourself, please don't hesitate to reach out. Let's start with all the relevant investment news from the last few weeks. Or should we say, the lack of it. Though last year was a record year for funding in the African tech space, those in the know are cautioning that 2023 may look very different as global economic headwinds catch up with the continent. Though the first few weeks of 2023 saw a flurry of activity, a seriously quiet march has brought those fears to a head. The biggest round went to Egypt's AI Mentor, an Arabic video learning platform, which raised a 10 million pre-Series C round, while another Egyptian startup, fintech platform Holidesk, raised 1 million in venture debt financing. Nigerian fintech startup OnePipe secured a $4.8 million credit line from TLG Capital, but in a sign of the times, also announced it had laid off about 20% of its workforce. Kenyan HR and payroll startup WorkPay raised $2.7 million in pre-Series A funding. South African e-health platform Envisionit Deep AI banked $1.65 million, and DRC-based energy startup Nuru raised $1.5 million. But there was little else as the global dry-up in capital began to be evident in Africa for the first time. And in South Africa, capital will be even harder to come by from now on after Naspers, an active investor in the local tech space, closed its locally-focused fund Naspers Foundry, citing the global investment environment as the reason. Later in this episode, we'll dig a little deeper into what is causing this cash crunch and talk to investors about what startups can do to ensure they survive what looks set to be a difficult next year or so. There was, however, some good news from the last few weeks, suggesting funding hasn't dried up completely. Menafoca seed investor Flat6 Labs announced the launch of a new $95 million fund to invest in startups across Africa. And Verod Keppel Africa Ventures raised $43 million for its Pan-African Venture Fund. Meanwhile, Lagos-based VC firm EchoVC launched EchoVC Chain, an $8 million pilot blockchain-focused seed fund, and Impact Investing Ghana, began the setup of its C-GABA fund of funds, which seeks to unlock $75 million in local and international funding for local capital providers. Some reasons for optimism, then, in what is clearly otherwise a very challenging funding environment. In each episode of this new monthly podcast, we'll be focusing attention on one individual investor, learning about their company, their background, and their investment ethos. This month, we caught up with Clive Bupko from Kalon Venture Partners, a South African venture capital fund that invests in digital disruptive technology. He recaps his journey. So I was an entrepreneur from a very young age. I started working in a clothes shop, had little cart making businesses and all sorts of businesses from I think the age of about seven. I uh, came from a very humble family and I uh, worked my way through and put myself to university and I studied a computer science applied maths degree. And then I had actually raised capital to start a tech business and I was uh, seduced in a way, I use that word, 
by Arthur Anderson, Anderson Consulting, which is now Accenture, when I just finished my computer science applied maths degree. So I decided to put my uh, put a pin in my uh, entrepreneurial dreams and join Accenture for five years and, you know, really go and learn as much as I can about sales, marketing, product development, uh, and the whole bang shoot. And uh, during that time, I, I really built my entrepreneurial skills. I, I built quite a few companies in in Silicon Valley. I worked there for quite a while. I helped quite a few of the top branded companies, Oracle, Siebel. I worked there building up their sales force, helping them on the entrepreneurial journey. Clive says that his successor, Accenture, and continued promotions actually got in the way of his own entrepreneurial ambitions. It took 28 years before he decided to pursue his true dream, venture capital. So in 2012, I, I left, I actually retired. And about then I got headhunted into a company called Grovest as a non-executive director. And about two years later, I started my own fund called Kalon Venture Partners. I started that really because I had so much experience of building tech businesses. I understood innovation. I understood how to build a $1 million to $100 million business. I understood how to build a billion-dollar business. I'd been there. I'd done that. I'd helped Accenture grow to a $4 billion rand company and learned unbelievable skills and lessons during that time. Kalon formed in 2016, raised a quarter of a billion rand in capital, and now has 11 investments. The next step is to raise a 50 million US dollar fund, which will be Pan-Africa focused. Our first two funds in Kalon were South African funds. A lot of those companies now have re-domiciled in Delaware, in Luxembourg, in the UK, in Netherlands. But this $50 million fund we want to go and raise will be an African fund. So that will be our foray into, uh, into African uh, venture capital. Kalon began life as a Section 12J company, which incentivized South African taxpayers to invest in local companies and to receive a tax deduction of up to 100%. This helped it attract hundreds of retail investors, but now the tax break has been scrapped, is focusing on institutional capital. Clive said he didn't mind that Section 12J was cancelled. I was actually quite happy about it because I think it forced one into uh, realising, you know, we, we don't have to be a quarter of a billion rand fund. We can be a 750 million rand fund or a billion rand fund. So we set our sights much higher. My vision is really to become the number one venture capital company uh, investing in entrepreneurs solving African problems. And we couldn't do that through the 12J. So 12J was, I think, was great. We've built a strong brand. We've got some fantastic companies. And really, it was just a, it's just to get out the starting store. So it was, in hindsight, for me, it was a blessing in disguise. It was, uh, you know, too incumbent capital. We couldn't do this. We couldn't do that. We want to find where we can invest in tech and the best tech companies in Africa. And this was incumbent in terms of we could only invest in South Africa. We couldn't invest in certain types of, of tech companies. So, yeah, I think it was a blessing in disguise. And I think now we'll be able to really play a big role in the South African and African VC space. Kalon doesn't have a particular vertical focus and has investments in fintech, regtech, edtech, proptech and marketing, among others. The companies we invest in are, are solving big problems in Africa or definitely in South Africa initially, then Africa and globally as well. So we don't need to invest in blockchain or invest in AI or machine learning. We rather invest in companies that are solving large problems. And what we invest in is, is, is you know, is, is, uh, is pain tablets that solve a pain point, not vitamins that are, are nice to have. And what we found in the, since, since 2021, since the downturn and all the headwinds, is the bar's gone up in terms of what enterprises are buying. They're not buying the nice-to-haves anymore. Now they're just buying the need-to-haves. They're buying the ones that are actually directly related or, or linked to an high ROI. So the, 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 and because we've always followed that philosophy of, of only investing in companies that were, that were painkillers, not vitamins, 
the downturn's been great for us because we really are we seeing our companies actually growing in the downturn because we are solving problems and we and we have a high ROI on those on those companies. Clive says all of Kalon's portfolio companies are growing in spite of the current downturn. It's been challenging, I'll be perfectly honest with you. It's um you know, I've been fortunate that I went through I've been in business for a long, long time and I went through the two thousand downturn building tech companies. I went through the 2008 downturn building tech companies, 2016 downturn, and now the 2021 downturn, 22 downturn. So having been there, I've sort of got the playbooks, not that there's one size fits all, but I've seen the playbooks of what you need to do to get, you know, to get out of this, uh, the hole that, that potentially you could dig yourself into and, and actually build a great company and a sustaining, sustainable company through tough times. So it's a very exciting journey. More on that later in the episode. But clearly, Kalon is on hand to provide its portfolio companies with more than just capital. We're not, we're not accountants. We're not lawyers. We're not, uh, you know, whatever else a lot of the VCs are in South Africans. No disrespect to them. We are entrepreneurs. So we've got people from uh, the Creative Council. Gil Overt, he was on Shark Tank. We've got Romeo Kamala, who was also on, on Shark Tank. So we've got two entrepreneurs that are on our board. Plus, I'm the only GP, and I get very, very involved. I mean, I'm on the phone call, on the phone to every one of our companies at least once a week, sometimes once a day. I'm on the phone, and these guys are asking my advice. How do we take this to a 10 to 100 people company? How do we handle this? How do we do this? How do we do that? So we help with strategy. We help with uh, hiring. We help with product development. We help We help with everything, <clears throat> really. So it's not just me. It's the board as well, and hence I use the we. And uh, we soon, by, in our third fund, we're going to hire a new GP, someone that's a very, very established person, going to join us as a second GP, and that's going to be part of this $50 million fund. I can't mention the name yet. Kalon's growing then, both in terms of staff and geographically. So what will its African expansion look like? I think, you know, every South African company has realised you can't just lift and drop something into a new country, like Nigeria, Kenya, Ghana. You know, you look at the, some of our retailers, some of our telcos, some of the banks, you know, they're, they're dismal failures in those markets. So we, we know you, you have to... You have to go and refund product market fit. You can't just drop it in and think it's going to work. There are differences, cultures differences. There are differences to the way people buy. There are differences to the ideal customer profile. So by going to a new geography, we know we have to go and find new product market fit, go to market fit, find a market fit, and we do that. And we understand you need to do that. So we don't think for one second, we're not naive enough or ignorant to say we can just drop and drag and drop a, our company into a new market and it's going to work. Kalon will set up operations in major markets like Nigeria and Kenya. And we'll definitely be looking at hiring people in those markets. So we, we really have got feet on the streets and boots on the ground in those markets. We don't want to believe for one second that South Africans can go and run a Nigerian business or a Kenyan business. We've just seen too much failure when, when you try and make that happen. Clive Butko there on Kalon Venture Partners how it goes about its business and its plans to make investments across the continent. As Clive mentioned during our interview, the global economic climate means African startups will face significant challenges over the next couple of years, especially when it comes to raising capital. But how are African VC firms advising their portfolio companies to best adapt to this new normal? We spoke to Clive and Brett Kumal of Halai Sani Capital to find out. things first. Didn't African tech startups just have a record year from a funding perspective? Why is there suddenly talk of a crisis? 
number one, we we tend to lag when it comes to global financial trends, um, particularly um, on the VC space. So because we've got a quite a small base that we're operating off, um, you know, it's it's not necessarily hard to either outperform or to or to drop within that small base. You can have one or two really large transactions that can make um, quite a difference. But I think um, same as when, you know, numbers were really picking up and getting exciting, it took a while for it to feed through here. We're not immediately involved in any of the large, uh, you know, in, in, in any of those large markets. It's not those massive investors, you know, it's not like Sequoia is not deploying billions here and then suddenly pulls back. So I think there's going to be a natural lag in uh, in the scarcity hitting this side. Um, and I think you've also got a lot of the transactions that have been happening, have been happening despite um, the financial markets, because the truth is the opportunity in Africa is not driven by excess capital available in the US. It's driven by, um, you know, the, the growth in markets, um, particularly within certain sectors like fintech, there are huge opportunities that people are finally cotton, cottoning onto. And so they've, you know, they've made their, their allocations. And so we just don't have the same uh, subjectivity that comes in the US because we don't have the same, you know, financial, uh, financial players who delay um, or who may go, oh, down to let's pull everything out or let's put, you know, put everything in. Um, our market's relatively isolated in that space. So we always will feel an effect, but I think that the, the effect is generally muted and it takes longer to get here. There's undeniably going to be an effect, however, with many predicting the wave will hit Africa in the second half of the year. We've had too many negative global signs for it not to affect us. You know, the thing that we really need within Africa is for the traditional fund managers to take venture capital seriously. And it's harder for them to do that when their counterparts internationally are, are you know, have such negative sentiment. So they're unlikely to increase their, uh, their allocations. And those international players who were maybe considering looking for more opportunity by coming into the continent may now be a little bit more reticent, a little bit more risk off. So they may be pulling back. And so I think that's going to hit us. Um, I think we'd be naive to, to think that it wouldn't. Brett does not think the scarcity of capital will have a devastating effect on the African tech space. Yet it does need to change the way ventures operate. Two years ago, it was all about growth. Raising money was relatively easy. Startups could afford to pursue relentless growth. Now, that is not the case, and startups need to change how they operate. Here's Clive. But in this downturn now, and the, and the downturns I was referring to earlier, it's about efficient growth. So it's all about capital efficiency. It's not about just driving growth. Yes, you want, growth is important, but it's not the only thing that's important. The important thing is now is that you can either get your free cash flow or show that you can get you have a path to profitability. This, Clive says, is the route to raising further capital in the current climate. Free cash flow now is if you get to free cash flow and you're still growing in a nice 50, 100% if you're a reasonable size company, if you're a small company, maybe growing 100, 200%, but you either get to free cash or you get to a path to profitability and you're growing fast, there will be another check down the line for you because that's what the VCs are looking for, that 1% of those companies out there. And there will be capital for those top companies. Brett says it is still possible for startups to grow, but they must be shrewd about how they are using their resources. We're talking about driving growth. 
but making sure that you're spending spending your money in the right way. So if you're experimenting in terms of how you will drive growth, whether that's through partnerships or through teams, you you know you're not trying to launch ten countries at the same time. It's about maybe one or two, making sure that you get your approach correct and then scaling that. And so I think companies need to be shrewd in how um, in how they select what they're going to do. And once they test that that is a workable strategy, then you can, you know, then you can boost and then you can actually really invest behind that. But you've got to make sure that you're not running a bunch of experiments at the same time um, that can leave you without cash, especially if all of them don't work. For those that don't manage to grow more efficiently, troubling times lie ahead. I think what we're going to see probably at the end of this year, a lot of companies getting going bust. Because they raised a lot of capital, high valuations. They've been growing. They've just been spending, spending, spending. Now they're trying to curtail. You've seen the amount of technology cuts that have been in technology businesses. People are now realizing you can't growth at all costs. is not the mantra you have to follow because that's a mantra to, to, to drive yourself off a cliff. And some of them, I think, are going to be too late. They've, they've tried to you know react too late. What I've done with my company since the beginning of 2021 is say, okay, guys, let's slow down the growth. If we have to cut a few people out or cut expenses, let's do that. It's a tough decision. doesn't make you a bad company, but we understand the market's tough. Capital is not as um, – liquidity is not as, as, as much as it was. Let's rather get to profitability, and then we will go and raise a, a nice round of capital. Brett says it is the better-funded ventures who are the ones that will face the biggest challenges initially. If you've been taking some of the bigger rounds um, that we've seen on the continent, your, your investors are most likely including – um, you know, those from international markets. And so I would think um, because it, it is harder to find the larger sums, you know, the larger funding rounds just from the continent. So the more exposed you are to international funding rounds and the larger your funding requirements, the more likely you are going to need uh, to be pulling back and, and needing, setting your cash to last, uh, you know, last longer. Early stage ventures may have escaped falling valuations thus far, but the capital scarcity will affect the whole ecosystem. It has to play through. If it's if it's affecting the later stage, it's going to affect the the earlier stage. And I, you know, the, all of this stuff. There's nothing that happens in isolation. You need a healthy ecosystem, and we need funding at each of these stages. So, so I think I, I would actually suspect that the seed stage companies, because they are typically the most risky, will struggle the most to actually get the funding uh, they need. I think that's I think that's always been the case. Um, particularly on the continent, um, because because uh, of the, the scarcity of capital. And I think it's going to be even harder now. Clive says he wants his portfolio companies to have as much runway as possible. And I like our companies to be at 24 months minimum, preferably 36 months, because then we've got 24, 36 months. And I believe this, this, you know, this uh, crunch we go through now, these bad times we go through now, hopefully it will be all over in 24, 36 months and we'll be back to... You know, I'm not saying we're back to the good old days of 2021, but we'll be back to normalised days where there will be capital and good companies will be able to raise at a good at a good valuation. Brett agrees startups need to be allowing much more time than usual to raise. And also, they should only raise what they need. I think it is a time where, and, and, and certainly those uh, those of our companies that are, that are needing funding rounds, um, you know, we certainly are advising them it's going to take longer than expected. Um, longer than usual, and that's that's quite a statement because it usually takes long within the South African and African markets. Um, but you also need to make sure that you're planning ahead 
with you know with the game so you need to be leaving yourself as much time as possible for the raise and i think while valuations are muted make sure that the rounds that you're raising are reasonable um you know there's often that statement of raise as much as you can as soon as you can but the truth is you know when valuations are low you don't you want to raise what you need you don't want to be raising excessive amounts and in a market like this where there's a real risk that uh, valuations could could uh, be a lot lower than you'd like and and just more because of risk averseness that um, the valuations are going to be sitting really low it's important to raise what you need and that you get your cash flow planning um, right so that you understand how long you actually have because this is I, I think the market won't be very forgiving um, for getting it really wrong at the moment um, so you know if you if you raise thinking that you're going to a year and a half and six months later you're out of cash I think companies like it are going to be penalized quite heavily so um, it it is about getting your planning as right as possible, making making it last, and making sure that um, you understand the environment that you're in. Some solid advice there, then, on how African tech ventures need to best manage their resources at a time of capital scarcity. Growth is still possible, but that growth should be efficient and sustainable to ensure ventures have the runway needed to survive in challenging economic times. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Month in VC, brought to you by Disrupt Africa in partnership with the lovely people at Catapult Africa, Kalon Venture Partners and Halai Sani Capital. See you next time. Bye. Bye.